the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What would you be willing to give up in the federal budget in order to get our debt and spending under control? Have you thought about that? Maybe you don't even know. Maybe uh, I'm not even sure I know every single thing that budget cuts would, how it would really affect me. I do believe that as many economists do, that the reason we have so much inflation is because of our overspending. I am quite sure that that is the cause, although there are some who would disagree with that. I think that's a big deal. I think all of us are hurting because of the crazy uh, expenses we've had over the past, uh, really over the past 20 years and even longer than that. But for sure in the past few years, that's why it's so expensive to get gas, milk, eggs, in fact, every time I go to the store now, I feel it right there. I see it every time I go to the store or if I want to go buy a burrito or do something to go out to eat. It's shocking. It's already costing a lot of money what is happening. What would you be willing to give up? Because I think that one day, probably not today and probably not with whatever this negotiation is going on in Washington over the debt ceiling is going to do. But one day we're going to have to cut. We owe 32 trillion dollars. That's how much in debt we are. It's growing. That is, and it's growing rapidly. And I'll explain in a minute. Uh, if you think uh, it's not, it's just wrong. It's just, it's growing. It's out of control. It's completely out of control. And uh, that is to put that, to put your mind around it. I always say this and people look at me like that can't be true, but here it is. If you spent $42 million a day, every single day, since the birth of Christ, including if you think he was born in negative four BC or negative seven or plus seven, you can give some room. $42 million a day, if you spent that since the birth of Jesus, since the time of Caesar Augustus, since the time of King Herod and the Roman Empire, if you spent $42 million a day, you will not have spent the United States federal debt. You will not have spent the amount of money that you owe and I mean you. This is your money. It's my money. It's our money. It's not mythical government money that just comes out of the sky. It is your tax dollars, your kids' tax dollars, your grandkids' tax dollars. That's what it is. Does the debt ceiling controversy bother you? What would you be willing to give up? What do you think we as a country should give up? And how do we recover from that? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email, pastorscott at kkla.com. So here's the thing. It's a serious issue, what's happening. And today, President Biden and the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, are finally having a meeting on the debt ceiling. 
And I've said before that they're going to resolve it one way or the other because to not resolve it means default. And that would be extremely bad. Nobody wants to do that. But they are going to play chicken for a while. I think eventually the day is going to come where maybe we do actually default. And that we're going to feel it. We are going to feel it. The the federal debt ceiling, you probably keep hearing this, it's the legal amount of federal debt that the government can accumulate or borrow to fund its programs or pay for fees such as the national debt interest. Okay, it's like your credit card. You have a spending limit on your credit card. Okay, you have a a max. You ever max out your credit cards? I have. I've done that before. Uh, It's that max. Have you ever called up and said, uh, I would like to increase my my credit maximum on your card? You can do that. It's not really a very wise thing unless you really, really have to spend uh, some money on there. That's what this is. It's the government is spending so much money that in order to keep spending money, and we're talking about money in programs that – you may or may not be one way or another you're feeling it okay we're talking about the the you know everything in our government there are lots of things that the government has to pay for and then there's a lot that our government pays for that's discretionary meaning it can it can go up and down you don't have to pay for it you have to have certain money to run the government right you have to pay the president and you have to pay people of congress you got to pay them something you have to do the minimum that government is required to to do just to operate But a lot of what our government spends is discretionary, just like your home budget, right? You have certain things that you have to spend in order to live. But there's a lot of things that are discretionary. You do not have to remodel your kitchen. Now, you might think you have to, and you might get to a point where you got to replace some things. And there comes a time when maybe you've got to remodel. But, you know, if you just don't like the color or you just would like to upgrade your appliances, if they work, you don't actually have to do it. You can choose to do it. And if you have the cash to pay for it, well, then maybe you should do it. Maybe it will increase the value of your home. It will increase the value of your cooking ability and maybe the value of whether or not your kids eat their dinner. But if you don't have the cash to do it, how much are you willing to go in debt for it? And when you go in debt for it, how much of that is going to affect other things that you have to spend money on? See, the federal debt ceiling... uh, came about in uh, the second, what's called the Second Liberty Bond Act of 1917. The debt ceiling since then has grown 100 times. So what it is is we keep spending more money than we're bringing in, and we just keep raising the debt ceiling. It's like we just keep giving ourselves a credit line increase over and over again. And these instances over the years have included permanent raises, temporary extensions, and revisions to what the debt limit can be defined as. You know, sort of a political speak for what are we talking about. And whenever the debt ceiling isn't raised, then what happens is the federal government is unable to issue treasury bills, which is where they borrow money, and they have to rely solely on tax revenues to pay for its programs. And that has occurred seven times since 2013. Did you know that? So whenever we're talking about running out of money, what it means is we can't borrow any more money until Congress approves the the raising of the debt limit. And it's a huge deal because if we can't pay our bills... That matters a lot. Like if you can't pay your bills, right, it's going to impact you. These banks that have gone out of business and they can't pay back their depositors, imagine if that's the federal government. Imagine if there is no longer full faith and credit in the United States government. That would be a massive economic catastrophe. So the the passing of the debt limit, it matters so that we can keep going. However, at the same time, we are spending money, and increasingly so, more than what we bring in. 
and it's increasing. It is out of control. President Biden keeps saying that he's decreasing the deficit, and it's both true and false. It's true in that we're actually spending, uh, we're actually going into debt slower than we were in 2020 because of the, the COVID. But what's also true is that we're actually spending more money today and going into further deficit, more debt than in 2019. Okay, in 2019, the the deficit, you understand, you probably do. The deficit, the debt is the total amount of money we owe, all right? Your credit card total balance. The deficit is the amount of money that you're spending that you didn't bring in an income each year. So when you keep adding up the total debt, that's the national debt. The deficit is how much more money every year we spend than what we take in. So in 2019, we spent, overspent almost a trillion dollars, trillion with a T, it's huge, okay? And, you know, in 20, 2000, the year 2000, our budget was balanced for the first time in a while, but we actually had a surplus. Remember that? That was in the year 2000. Now we are overspending by a trillion a year. Now in 2020 with the COVID, it went up to 3.1 trillion, all right? It went through the roof. And if you remember, you got all those checks in the mail and your business might have benefited because of the, you know, Paycheck Protection Act. What was that called? Paycheck, the PPP loan. And, uh, you know, and maybe we had to do those things. I think that a lot of us realized that that was necessary. You're paying for it, though, in, in inflation right now. Like all that money, what did you get? If you got, if you're married and you've got kids, you got ten or $12,000 in 2020 and then a whole bunch more in 2021. But did you know that because of inflation where it is, you've just about paid all that back? Like the price of everything going up, you've paid it back. That's what inflation does. It takes away whatever increase you have. Maybe you're getting an increase in your salary. Maybe your minimum wage has gone from 12 to $15 an hour. You're already making less money in real dollars because of inflation. You're losing it. And if you've got a 4 or 5% raise in the past year, you are still actually making less money than you made the year before because of inflation. Inflation is going out of control. Most people think it's because of our out-of-control deficit spending. So $3.1 trillion was huge in 2020. Lots of people think we had no choice because of the COVID. 2021, it came down to $2.8 trillion, roughly, a reduction of about $350 billion overall. President Biden likes to talk about that. He says, oh, we reduced the deficit $350 billion. It's true, but $2.8 trillion is still outrageous, three times just about what we were doing in 2019 before the COVID. And then in 2022, it, the deficit was $1.4 trillion. Okay, so when President Biden says that he reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion, that is correct, but it's you know from 3.1 to 1.4. Okay, you can do the math, 1.7. That's correct, but it's also misleading because the only thing that's changed – there's two things that changed. One is the COVID spending is mostly gone. But the other thing that's changed is that the deficit, when you compare it to 2019 before the COVID, has increased $400 billion in that year. And where are we in 2023? We've already overspent by a trillion dollars. And we're likely, and the, the budget goes through September, we will likely have a much larger deficit than we had in 2022. The president and the Congress are not reducing the deficit or the debt. And any suggestion that they are, anytime you hear anybody say that, it's just simply not true. It is false. And it is alarming. And we have to do something about it. 
And ultimately, doing something about it is going to mean cuts. One day, there will be cuts. Cuts, and most of it's going to be to social programs. And some people say, cut the military. Well, you can cut the military, but half of whatever you cut from the military is coming out of jobs. You know, the military pays for people. So you can make cuts, but you're reducing jobs. You are, you are cutting people's you know, livelihood. So there's, it's not that easy. It is a very difficult thing because we're going to feel it. It's going to be painful. And there are things that we, we need to do. The president's spokesperson has been responding to these questions for quite a while. Here's something that she said yesterday. We should not have House Republicans manufacturing a crisis on something that has been done 78 times since 1960. This is their constitutional duty. Congress must act. That's what the president's going to make very clear uh, with uh, with the leaders tomorrow. Uh, Congress must avoid default without conditions. So what the White House position is, is they're not going to negotiate anything related to the debt increase. So what she's saying is that the Republicans are manufacturing a crisis. In a sense, that's true, because they could just up the limit, the debt limit. At some point, they have to, because because actual default would be terrible. But it's also false, because there is a crisis in spending, and it has to stop the fact that you're hurting because of inflation, the fact that we are overspending by such a huge amount is is a major deal, and it's costing all of us, and it's going to cost all of us for generations. It's outrageous. Something has to be done. And whether or not this should be attached to a debt limit conversation, that is something that people can argue about for sure. But that's what's going on is the Republicans are saying you have to cut the deficit. Okay, you have to you have to cut spending. The only way to cut that is to stop spending money. And in fact, what they're doing, and uh, we'll get to this in a minute, is they are really cutting the increase in spending. They're not really cutting uh, much. And I'll show you that in just a second. Uh, by the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call and chime in 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Here's what I'm wondering. When the time comes for cuts, and I think there will be, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to do so that the government doesn't have to, to spend more money than it brings in? And that affects a lot of our safety net programs. It affects Medicare. It affects Social Security. It affects um, just about every social program that there is. What are you willing to give up? See, that's the hard question because that's the same question that your your representatives are asking. What am I willing to go back to my constituents who voted me here? What am I willing to go and say to them that's going to cause them a lot of pain? That's going to say your life is going to get harder. Uh, we're not going to give you as much stuff. You tend to not get reelected when you say stuff like that, see? But the problem is eventually you're going to have to just because of math. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. See, what are you willing to do? Here's Karine Jean-Pierre, president spokesperson again. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before. And now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. Now, that is true, but it's also another statement that's both true and false. The number, by the way, I can't remember if I just gave it out. It's 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you buy a car, you got to make the payment. That's true. That's, the, that's what you've committed to. 
But it's also what she's saying is also false because you do have other options. You can sell back the car. You can refinance. You can make arrangements. There are, there are things that you can do to get yourself into a better financial position, even if it costs you, even if you still owe some things. There are things. And so saying that you can't, that's wrong. We have to do something. And you might argue that this is the wrong forum with the debt limit when you have default on the table, but you've got to do it at some point. So what the Republicans Congress is saying is that we need to cut spending now. We need to make some arrangements. We need to do some refinancing. We need to not keep some commitments that we've made. And the White House is saying, no, we're going to keep all of our commitments and you just need to do it. So somehow they're going to have to, and I think they will. I think they will, they will compromise somewhere. Um, and you know what? That's the interesting thing to me is that there has always been, for a long time anyway, many years, we've seen this fight. We happen, we, this happens all the time. Aren't you sick of it? I'm pretty sick of it. I would really like to find ourselves in a couple of years talking about new controversies rather than the same things we've been talking about, some of it for decades now. But we're not because the politicians are afraid to do the right thing. President Biden, when he was the vice president, and this was going on, the same thing was going on during the Obama administration. This is something that uh, President Biden said in 2011 when he was the vice president. How can you explain this? How can you explain the fact that grown men and women are unwilling to budge up till now, and still some of them are still unwilling to budge, by taking an absolute position, my way or no way? That's not governing. That's no way to govern. You can't govern that way. This is a cycle. I predict to you that a lot of those new members who came here with my way or the highway, they'll either be on the highway or they'll learn that they have to have compromise. Now, he's right. You have to govern, but it goes both ways. And right now, he's not willing to compromise. He's not willing to say the American people voted for a different direction in the House, and it's the House where money is spent ultimately. And we're going to have to compromise. I think there will be a compromise. I think that's going to happen because default is not something anybody wants. And uh, but I don't know. I don't know. This is a this is a weird time, right? We're living in crazy times. So you know, maybe we'll see something. I want to go through this argument here because the Corinne Jean Pierre had an argument with a reporter, and I want to compare what's said here with what is real, and then help you understand what actually is going on. Because a lot of the time with the politics. The things that we're hearing is not really what is happening. Does that make sense? The things that we hear, the things that we hear in sound bites, the things that we hear from the left or the right is talking points that are sometimes not factual, but sometimes they are, and I would say most of the time, very misleading or just leaning in one direction without giving you the other side. This is kind of lengthy. I'll break it up a little bit, but I, I think it matters here quite a bit. So Corinne Jean-Pierre is today having this argument with a reporter about all of this. And 217 members in the House voted for that bill to raise the debt limit with cuts to spending. Does the White House consider all of those members to be dangerous MAGA Republican extremists? So what she's asking, and this is something that has been coming out of the White House, is that everybody wanting to to stop the spending, to make cuts, is a dangerous MAGA Republican. And uh, the White House is not really defining what's the difference between a regular Republican and a MAGA Republican. It's sort of the needle sort of moves all over the place, right? And so this reporter is saying, well, almost all the Republicans voted for this. And in fact, uh, later she'll say that all the senators have – most of the Republican senators, including people like Romney, who is definitely not a, a MAGA guy, 
uh, Donald Trump supporter ultimately is kind of what you know partially what that means. And uh, she's saying, are all of these people MAGA extremists? And that's the argument, is that if you don't agree with me, then you are some kind of extremist. Do they understand what the cuts that they're voting for is going to do? Do they do? That's the question. I mean, Republicans in Congress, in the House specifically, voted for cuts that's going to hurt American families. I mean, we can't say this enough. 22 percent cuts to veterans, health care, schools. That's what they voted for. That's what, and, and this is not, okay, but this is not, this is not just, this is their constituents. This is what they voted for. So it's an interesting thing here because she talks about these cuts, 22%. Now, first of all, that 22% number, and she says to schools and to healthcare and stuff, that's not actually real. Nobody's quite sure where that 22% number comes from. And what actually the Republicans put forward in the bill was, that there was no pro, nothing necessarily that's getting cut. They didn't say specifically we're cutting veterans benefits and we're cutting Medicare, we're cutting this and that. They didn't actually spell it out. Now, Republicans have, a, have some problem because they are saying we want to uh, slow the spending or cut spending on certain things and they haven't identified what they're going to cut. So that's the problem that the Republicans have. But it's not true what she's saying there. When we come back here in just a minute, I'm going to go through that with you, and then I want to show you what actually is going on politically. I think this matters because I think that for us, and when we think about this from a Christian perspective, which is what we try to do on this program, we really want to be as truthful as we can. And part of it is for our own knowledge and our own ability you know, to comprehend the craziness that's going on. But also because we find ourselves in these conversations around the water cooler, right? We find ourselves talking about this uh, in different ways with our friends or with our neighbors or with other people. We need to be in a position where we are at least trying to speak the truth. We can be wrong. I can be wrong. But we want to be in a place where we're doing that because we represent Christ. Because at the end of the day, all of this stuff going on, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is the souls of the people that God has placed in your life. What matters is the things that ultimately are part of what God has called us here to do to glorify Christ in. And that's one of the reasons I think this matters. We'll get to this as we come back. 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm curious about what you're willing to cut. You know, at some point, we're going to have to stop spending money, spending more money than we have. We should be doing that now, but it is going to be painful. Green Jean-Pierre is right. It's Congress will have to go back to their constituents and say, hey, this is going to hurt. What do you think... We can cut, and then what do we do about the pain? Any thoughts? 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 22% cuts to veterans, health care, schools. That's what they voted for. That's what, and, and this is not, okay, but this is not, this is not just, this is their constituents. This is what they voted for. And, and those constituents that they're voting on behalf of have said that they're concerned about their retirements, about the effects of inflation, and those members represent more than half of the country in the House. I mean, those, that's the majority of, of districts in the country, that they're voting on behalf of those constituents who are expressing concern about where the economy is. So I guess, how can the White House 
continue to use messaging, calling this the default on America Act, um, and and paint this legislation in, in such a way without having a, a conversation about the budget um, when you've got half the country saying that they want that conversation. So House Republicans are threatening a first ever default. They want the president to agree on a plan in its entirety that includes cuts. That is Karine Jean-Pierre having an argument with a reporter about what is being said and done about the debt ceiling uh, issue. I think the president and the Congress are negotiating today. They'll probably come to some uh, conclusion where the Republicans will ask for less cuts and the Democrats will say okay to that. They have to do it, otherwise we're in trouble. But one of the problems with the debt, and this is what we've been talking about, is cuts are going to happen eventually. And my question to you is, what are you willing to cut and what are you willing to do about it? Because we're talking about social programs here. We are talking about things that we will feel. The national debt is out of control, $32 trillion and growing. The deficit already for this year is over a trillion dollars. It is not being reduced. It's only being reduced when you compare it to 2020 and 2021, the COVID years, but it's not being reduced if you just go back to 2019. We are back to increasing it and it's snowballing and it matters. We pay interest on all that money we're borrowing. Did you know that the United States government, and when I say that, I mean you, you paid, you and me, we paid $213 billion, billion with a B, just on interest in the national debt just in the last quarter of 2022. You paid $213 billion in interest. You put that money in the, in the, in the toilet. That's where that went. You know, the interest on your credit cards, that's where it's going. It's just gone. That's $63 billion more than the same period. This year alone, we might be spending a trillion, trillion dollars just in interest in 2023. Not to buy anything, not to buy roads, not to take care of anybody with Medicare, not to do anything, just interest. That's how, and it's getting worse and worse. 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones. Maria and Norco, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm fine, Maria. How are you? I'm okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little frustrated listening to the broadcast because I really think the question, what are you willing to cut, is kind of a deep question in the fact that what are... What are they willing to cut? See, I, I work for the state of California myself. Yeah. And I work for the Department of Corrections. And over the last couple of years with COVID, we've been forced having to purchase certain items due to the COVID. Were those items needed? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Were we forced to purchase them? Oh, yes, we would. Did that increase our budget? Absolutely. So that's just one small entity in the many facets that the state of California has. So wouldn't it be better to ask what they're willing to cut? Because if you ask me, I'm willing to cut DMV registration. I register the same car year after year. My car hasn't changed. My roads are still bad in California, mind you. Yeah. What about CalPERS? I'm willing to cut CalPERS. I work for CalPERS, but I'm willing to cut CalPERS for the school districts that overpay a tremendous amount to their superintendents, which are ridiculous amounts of money in retirement. 
just in my department alone, if you retire as a captain, you're looking at upwards of $1,100 a month, just a month in retirement. Mm. And that's just an example. It's, it, you know, somebody can quote me on that, but it, it just per se. Yeah. And what about the SEIOU or Caltrans, where they're building all these buildings, uh, you know, construction sites and such, and paying the lowest man on the totem pole $50 an hour when somebody at McDonald's is getting $15 an hour uh, and per diem and all the other expenditures that they pay. So when you ask, what am I willing to cut? Nothing, because I'm giving and giving and giving. I want to see them give up something. Let's see what they have to cut. Let's go back to the table and rehash each facet of the state of California's entities. And you and I both know they just like to make money because they scratch their own backs. It's not like, you know, it's say in my department, I'm CDCR and I have to, I'm mandated to purchase for uh, prison industry authority, which is the same industry. Yeah. I can purchase it, the same exact item cheaper through a private vendor or veteran owned business, but nope, I have to buy it from them. Why is that? I think that that the reason I'm asking, what are you willing to cut? And I think your answer is great here. It's because that's the, that's what your representatives need to, 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 to know, because if we cut the federal budget or even the California budget, which we need to, we have to, then I think the things that you're mentioning get on the table. I think that we fix a lot of things. We fix the bureaucracy. We fix the the forcing you to buy a bunch of stuff you don't need or to pay a price that you shouldn't have to pay. We eliminate a lot of bureaucracy in the schools and in other government agencies. We will be forced to make cuts all over the place if the federal government and the state are not overspending, if we are not taking this money out on debt. And that's where I think our Congress needs to, you know, at some point we're going to have to do that. And the citizenship, you know, we're going to have to be okay with that, which I think actually we are. That's one of the arguments that we just heard from the reporter to Corrine Jean-Pierre is that the constituents are saying we're okay with cuts. Uh, But it's going to affect every part of uh, what you just said there. Does that make sense? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not arguing whether it makes sense or not. Yeah. I'm just saying it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I don't think that um, I don't. They're going to resolve it, like you stated, you know, a little bit ago. Uh, that's that's an absolute. But the bottom line isn't what the hardworking taxpayer is doing enough of, because mostly we're a few percentage of people that are hardworking that are not taking advantage of. Uh, unemployment or EDD or, you know, the welfare system. Those are things that people don't want to talk about. Right. All the money that they gave to everybody, including prisoners, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But nobody wants to talk about that. Right. You know, and everybody's, oh, it's great. Free money, free money. Well, yep. nothing's for free. Well, you have to know there's only one thing that's free is salvation. That's right. Outside of that, Good luck. Yeah. Well, and it, it costs somebody something, right? It cost uh, the Lord his son, right? Somebody paid. It Absolutely. isn't, it's nothing is free, even their salvation. Jesus had to pay it. And that's something that we've got to understand with all of this, that this money is our money. The trillion dollars in interest our federal government is spending every year, that's your money and that's my money. That's, that's not magic money that just comes off of a tree. 
Uh, Maria, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. The Pastor Scott Show number, 888-528-2557. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Uh, Maria makes a very brilliant point in that the language that the government speaks about budgeting and debt is not the same language that we common people speak. Mm-hmm. So when we say debt, when I hear when I use the word debt, that means the money that I owe the bank for the car that I'm I'm driving around. I still owe fifty percent of the value of the car to the bank. But what they're what the government is talking about debt is some other nebulous I mean I want to ask you a couple questions and maybe you have the answers to these and this would clarify the issue. Like what is the government borrowing from? Who is the debtor that holds that debt that we owe so much of? The, Can you tell me that? I believe so. There's probably people who are better at this, but the debtor is us and uh, foreign governments, like individuals. Okay, So uh, when we owe $32 trillion, who owns that? Well, the Chinese government owns a certain percentage of that. Uh, other some other governments do, and then we individuals. When you buy a treasury bill or other things from loans from the government, that's what that is. And the the so, in, the interest payment. If you go buy a bunch of T bills or something, uh, you're loaning the government money, and they're paying you interest. It's a great investment so long as the federal government doesn't go broke. So, for instance, the portion of the debt that's owned by the Chinese, what collateral did we put up? for the Chinese to loan us that money. It's the interest. What collateral is at risk? It's like uh, it's uh, we pay them interest. And so what would happen is if well, they... Well, that's how we service the debt, but yeah. there's a, is there anything that actually secures the debt? Like we put up the state of Iowa as collateral. That means if we default on the debt, they get to take Iowa. Yeah, that's a you know, great question. Look, I don't know for for you know how that would work with respect to collateral. I think if we default on the debt, uh, that would be a serious international problem. It, well, you know, it, going back to the the banking form, you know, when a bank requires collateral, sometimes it's physical collateral like the car or the house that you're buying. You know, they only loan you a portion of its value. The rest of its value is what they stand to receive as. Um, you know, collateral if you ever default. But the the other form of collateral are the, like a credit card. When you take out a credit card, you're not really putting any physical collateral up for that. What you're putting up for collateral is your good faith and confidence that we're going to pay this off. So they look at your bank statements, they see, yeah, you're making money. We have confidence that you'll pay it off. But if we do default, then our credit score goes drops, drops down to the floor. And we no longer have confidence. So that's what they confiscate if we don't pay that debt. But what if the debt is held by Americans, what prevents Americans? I mean, it seems like inflation is working in the favor of paying that debt off. If our dollars drop in value 100%, where suddenly overnight it takes $2 to buy what $1 did the night before, then our debt is cut in half instantly. There's because some... we have this much money, now it's worth that much more. And yeah. I can see a future when the dollars are like Chinese yen, where they're counted in the millions for buying a quart of milk. Well, there's the solution to the debt crisis. Now suddenly all those bazillions and trillions can be paid off with a wheelbarrow of two 
of U.S. dollars. Yeah, I've, So why aren't we just doing that? Well, I've read some things about that, and some people think that is what we're doing, which, though, is causing China to go against the dollar, to make the dollar not the standard for around the world. That's why China is pursuing uh, with Iran and Brazil and I uh, forget the other countries that are a part of it. Because if we're doing that, then China is not getting the investment that they expected from the United States, and they will stop investing. And when that happens, then we do not have the money to finance all the government programs, and they'll get cut. Like, even, well, here we are see, facing off against China like they're the enemy. Why do we care what their opinion of our credit rating is? Well, we care when they, when they own a lot of it. So, see, I think what it is is – and there are probably people listening who can articulate this better – we are overspending. We have foreign investment that is creating political and national economic crises for us. And that if this goes the wrong way, it eventually will hurt all of us because we won't have whatever goods and services we've come to expect and enjoy. Uh, they will get cut. There will not be money to borrow. So the social net that we have, I heard somebody one time say, and I don't know if this is correct, that actually we're still living in the Great Depression. It's just we don't see it because through welfare payments and other things, people are not living out on the curb. They're still in their homes. But we have the same, mm-hmm. the same problems uh, happening. Uh, what would happen is everybody's out of their house and they're out on the curb like the Depression. It would be a disaster. Yeah. So there's, there, is, there is that. And I think, you know, there are some people who think a certain amount of debt is responsible governing, and uh, that might be true to a certain extent. But I think that we have passed that. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope there are some people that can weigh on in this in a really articulate way, because this has escaped my comprehension yeah. for a long time. See, and I, and and I consequently, think, it's yeah. hard to be afraid of something you just don't understand yeah. at all. And that's where I think things are going with uh, with what we're talking about in these political conversations is we're not really talking about the right thing. I can explain that. I'm way overdue for a break. Thank you, Chris, for your call. Yep. When I come back, I will get into what I mean by that and what really is happening politically. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. I do see your call, Anna, and uh, others. I'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. That includes cuts to programs that are incredibly important for the American family because they want to hold the American economy hostage because that's what they're saying that they want to do by threatening, uh, by threatening a default. Their help would raise the debt limit. They passed a bill to raise the debt limit. So they're the they've connect. I hear you, but they are connecting, passing whatever this debt limit to cuts, twenty two percent cuts, to veterans, to seniors. That's what they are threatening. Cuts. That is Crean uh, Jean Pierre at the White House talking about the the debt limit issue. I see uh, President Biden on the screen right now talking about. Uh, the whatever the negotiations are, so I don't really have an update on that. But what we're talking about is the national debt, what it means, why they're having this argument about the uh, debt limit. And I want to get to what this is actually about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones here. Anna in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for holding for so long. 
Okay, thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I'm very grateful to you to bring this subject up about our economic situation. It's been swept under the rug for far too long, and we do need to discuss it and understand it better because it's like being dishonest, the fact that we are not facing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a verse in Scripture that says, whatsoever is true, what is it is just, honest, good, pure, lovely, and of good report, there be any virtue or praise, think on these things. So in that mind, we have to think about the whole picture. And nobody's mentioning about the income. You know, years ago, it used to be that the income would balance the outgoing. And if you run a business or I run a business, that's the first thing I'd be looking at is mm-hmm. the income. Well, what I do remember is a few years ago, that they decided to cut taxes on rich people. And I'm not going to get too political. Don't want to do that. But what I want to say is that did cut the income coming in. And I do agree with the last caller, Maria, I think, um, about uh, how, how we don't monitor expenditure enough. I also work for government. So I also know there's waste in that and that people cheat the system which is what I'm saying about whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely. You know, we we should be watching that far more and have a conscience towards it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I am bringing up the point. Oh, the last caller talked about you know what would happen if we defaulted or what would happen if we carried on with our debt. Is whoever owns our debt could suddenly say, I don't want that debt anymore, and pull a plug and just say, I'm not even going to buy or sell in dollars anymore. And I'm going to go with a different currency. And we would lose, we'd have to pay more to other countries for our currency. And nobody would be trading it, then it would cut down a lot of income. Yeah. So I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that's what the the effect would be. Yeah, it would be very severe. Right, very severe. And BRICS have actually set their own banking system, and they're supporting their own banking system like we did when we started it, with gold. They're flooding gold. So it's yeah. Brazil, Russia, India, Korea, and... Um, and that's the and, new uh, organization I was talking South about a moment Africa. ago. Yeah. Bricks, yeah. yeah. Because South Africa yeah. are the latest to join that. So, so we need to look at our income. And if our income isn't high enough, how can we get higher income? Also, we need to look at our outgoings and reduce those too. Yeah. So there's. I'm running there's out of. I'm running out of time here, Anna. But I yeah, think no, you make a I you make a fine point with all you. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. You know, she's right about income and uh, taxation and stuff. The the debt is so huge, though. A trillion dollars. Where do you get that kind of income? You can tax the rich everything they have, and uh, you're not going to get it. It's so much money. Here's what actually is happening. And I'm getting this from uh, the New York Times. So I want you to know this is, you know, the, the liberal New York Times. This isn't, uh, uh, you know, a right-wing source or some source that uh, that has a uh, pro-Congress agenda right now. Um, they're talking about this. And I think when you pull out, there's politics in these articles and things like that. But they have this graph that talks about, that shows you the proposed cuts and what's being proposed are not mostly, mostly not cuts in current spending, although there's some, 
it's cuts in future spending. It's spending caps is what is being proposed, that we're not going to continue to increase the deficit year after year after year uh, without the income, without the money to pay for it. We're going to stop it. The cuts that are being proposed would bring us back to spending that's just at the end of 2022. All right, so not even quite that much. So what's actually being cut, and this is the politics of it, okay? If, and I'm sure that the Republican plan is, okay, we're proposing these cuts, but we'll take less cuts. And the Biden's going to say what he's going to say, but he's going to take less cuts. And then everybody can determine who the winners and losers are. I think we're all going to be losers one way or the other. Uh, because we're still spending way too much money, more than we have without the income. But this is, whenever you hear cuts, they're going to cut 22% or they're going to cut this. Most of the time, what's being said is, it's not actual cuts. It's cuts in increase, meaning if it's proposed that I'm going to spend $100 on something and then you counterpropose and says I'm only going to spend $70, that's called a cut, right? When really it's not. It's still an increase of $70. Uh, the things that are actually being cut, and I think this is the, the political part, which is interesting. What the Republicans are actually cutting is most of what Biden spent money on last year. Um, and it's the idea that says, okay, the Republicans are in charge now, so we're not going to spend, uh, according to the New York Times, the bill will cancel a lot of the green energy credits that Congress passed last year. It'll block administration policies to forgive student debt. That wasn't going to happen probably anyway, I think. It would reduce the spending uh, at the IRS, which some people say would increase the deficit. But there's a lot of politics. Is basically the Republicans are going to defund what was called the Inflation Reduction Act, which really was just a climate change bill. It had nothing to do with inflation, probably increased inflation. And obviously, if you're President Biden, you don't like that. Um, and so both sides are throwing around some statements that are not really the whole picture. The, and uh, you can go read that article. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. And it's not exactly what people are saying. Bottom line is this. Uh, we have a financial problem in our country. And part of it is that it's very confusing. It's hard for regular people to understand. But I think if you do a little bit of research and kind of read, you'll recognize that it's very simple in one sense. We're spending more money than we're bringing in. The debt is costing us more and more money. As the interest rates go up, and I think it's probably right that they go up right now, that means the interest we're paying on all of our debt is significantly more. And that's about to cost us a trillion dollars, trillion with a T, every year just in interest payments. It's out of control. It's out of control. And this isn't right. It's going to impact people. You think about what needs to be cut. One day, we're going to find out. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back for hour two. You can get the podcast by going to the KKLA app or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back with hour two as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.